0: i uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, the beginning of the second half of the NBA season, 21-22. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcast, follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. So guys, I hope you enjoyed my mid-season recap. My friend Shane and I dissected every single team timestamps are there so please go check that out it's going to be good for you know i guess until the we make a preview for the playoffs you know those are our thoughts those are our thoughts my thoughts on every team's season midway through but tonight we're going to be talking about the two teams that we talk about on dime dropper on a weekly basis that's the clippers and the lakers the third hallway series game of the season and boy it was another nail biter three games this season between the clippers and the lakers Three great games, all won by my Clippers. So your boy is a happy camper tonight. The Lakers are right behind us in the standings, and they just got pushed a little further down in that in the loss column there. And Anthony Davis obviously didn't play. The Lakers started a brand new starting lineup again. I feel like I say that every single time I go live. Tonight, it was Austin Reeves being being inserted inserted into the starting lineup. Ariza as well, with Braun at the 4 and Dwight Howard at the 5. Malik Monk moved to the bench, as well as Avery Bradley. The game came down to the wire. It was ultimately ended by a Carmelo Anthony brick 3, a contested one with 5 seconds left. We made two free throws, and then LeBron with 0.7 seconds left got a chance to tie. Didn't really get a clean look in the corner and missed, but we're going to dissect all of that in a moment. If you are listening on the YouTube version, please toss a like, a comment for the algorithms. And if you are listening on Spotify Now the Podcast, I hope you're enjoying. Leave a review if you would like. But let's get down to business. So in this game, we started out, we using the Clippers started out pretty decently. But I thought Russell Westbrook was being given the keys by LeBron in the first half to kind of do his own do his thing. And LeBron was just kind of standing outside the, the three point line and just letting guys letting Russ do his thing, right? Russ shot a couple of jumpers. He was two of five on on jumpers in the first quarter. And we were just getting into the swing of things. Terrence Mann, uh, Marcus Morris Sr., and Reggie Jackson at the beginning of the game were the guys getting us a couple good looks, a couple, couple shots, Marcus Morris Sr. especially. But Terrence Mann, you know, he got out in transition, got a dunk on one play, nice little fader in the middle. You know, Terrence does a really good job of flashing middle. He always makes himself available for those passes, and, you know, his off-ball ability is really good. Uh, that comes from, you know, obviously a couple years in college and, and all that good stuff, so... I've, I've said multiple times on my podcast and on the show this season that I like it. I think LeBron should let Russ get going in the beginning of the game because as the best player on the team and one of the best players of all time, you can trust your abilities to get hot as the game goes on or to pick it up later, whereas Russ is really a confidence player, rhythm player, and you want to get him going early. And I think that's what LeBron went for tonight. I just think that he could move more off the ball, especially when he's not going to play defense, which he didn't tonight, like at all. You know, I thought Dwight Howard was actually the bright spot for the Lakers in the first quarter. He was completely outplaying Zoo. And I hadn't seen Zubats get outplayed like that for a little while in terms of, like, a first quarter. You know, Dwight was killing him on the offensive glass. He was playing more physical than him. He he forced a turnover at one point, poking the ball from behind, even though it could have been a foul. Um, Zoo just did not look very comfortable tonight. Dwight was was in his head, and he was getting under his skin. And I think he had, like, eight or nine rebounds in the first quarter alone. And the thing is, the Lakers were actually winning by a couple of points, but when Dwight and Russ went out of the game at the end of the first quarter, they started, you know, getting back into things. And... Shit. Or we started getting back into things, and we took the lead towards the end of that first quarter with our bench unit. Luke Kennard, you know, he, he got hot, as he always does. And when he gets open shots, it's Sniper Gang. And Nuketown, you know, you saw it on display in the three-point shootout this weekend. And yeah he's one of the best shooters in the world better than J.J. Dick from deep and he was hitting tonight as usual but when LeBron and, and uh, I'm sorry not LeBron but when Anthony Davis pff, Jesus Christ when Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook were both out of the game at the same time to start that second quarter that's when we kind of got going and I thought Robert Covington was one of the real bright spots of that second quarter he was fantastic you know his length is something that's so valuable. You know, we can switch him on multiple guys. But he he's even, you know, got that 7-foot wingspan where he was collapsing on Dwight Howard and getting some blocks or collapsing in the in the paint and getting some blocks. You know, there was a possession where LeBron was trying to post up on Terrence Mann, and Terrence did a really good job, made him turn a couple times, poked the ball away. Eventually, LeBron shot a turnaround and missed. He got three shots on two possessions and uh, hit a three. But I could see that LeBron was gassed because he worked really hard to try to score on Terrence there, and he didn't. But the offensive rebound that I, I believe Dwight got led to him getting a three in the corner. But you know that's one criticism I've had of LeBron like throughout his career when it comes to ISO ball. When he tries to ISO, I think sometimes he, as I say, he wastes a lot of movement to me, and he takes really long. And I think that sometimes that not only gets the defense to key in on him as much because I know he likes to survey the floor and instead of attacking quick, and he doesn't like like. To me, LeBron loves to thrive in space. You know, he loves being able to get a head of steam potentially. And as opposed to like, you know, elite. Because LeBron's going to finish probably with the most points in NBA history. So as by definition, he is a great scorer. And even though he's not as much of a natural isolation scorer as like a Michael Jordan or a Kobe or Kevin Durant, those guys can play in a small box of space, in terms of when, in terms of getting into their move, they have spots. One, two dribble. Even Carmelo, you know, Carmelo, you saw tonight. He was hitting tough shots. You know, turn around over the left shoulder. You know, with a mere coffee draped all over him. You know, one dribble pull ups. And there's not much you can do about that with Melo. But the Clippers dominated this, or really outplayed the Lakers in the second quarter. I thought that again, as usual, our defense was fairly sharp. We know we need, where each other are. We know uh, the coverages. We talk on defense. You know, we we know who to switch, who not to switch. Robert Covington, Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann being those guys that can really switch, Nico Batum included. And the Laker role players were just really off in that Russ Dwight howard list second quarter unit. Really off. You know, THT was getting open shots missing. Melo was getting open shots missing. Malik Monk, who usually, you know, he's been one of the best players for the Lakers this season, was only three of nine tonight coming off the bench and 0 of four from three, which is pretty rare this season. You know, he is inconsistent, but... You know, especially considering how well he played last time. You just don't expect that from him. But we took advantage of it. We got out in transition. Amir Coffey made some playups. Terrence Mann got out in transition and had some dunks. And I thought Isaiah Hardenstein was pretty solid overall as well. And as I said, Robert Covington. And we opened up a 16-point lead. 16-point lead. But I will say, you know, LeBron at the, towards the end of the second quarter got to the basket a little bit and scored. And I remember thinking when we were up by ten at half and looking at the box score, LeBron's got fourteen points, but he's really not playing well at all. You know, he he just he, as I said, he tried to get Russ going in the first quarter, and I thought the first quarter wasn't bad. You know, Lakers only down by two. But then the second quarter, when Russ was out, LeBron just didn't do much for me until the last two minutes when they were, I believe, they were both in, or Russ was out. You know, I don't even remember. But the point is, I thought he only played well the last two minutes of the of the first half. You know, and he's not doing anything on defense. He's just sitting on the block, guarding a corner shooter, waiting for the rotation, but not always putting his body on the line, not always really having a real contest on those rotations. And in the third quarter, I thought he actually played decent defense, but the rest of the team did as well. I thought it was really spearheaded, actually, by Austin Reeves, who had a nice one uh, one possession where he had a nice defensive stand on Reggie Jackson. And the crowd got into it a little bit, and the Lakers started feeling, feeling themselves because the Clippers gave them so many opportunities to get back in the game by just missing easy shots. Ivica Zubac missing chippies. Nico Batum, and Ivica Zubac missed two chippies. This was one of his worst games in a while. 3-7, of seven, 6.7 rebounds, four turnovers for Zoo. Nico Batum was 0-4, so he wasn't hitting. Marcus Morris Sr. went cold. Uh, in this stretch of the game. And Reggie Jackson was just lollygagging on the ball, holding it too long. You know, Lakers with, you know, Stanley Johnson and, you know, Ariza were switching a little bit more. And, you know, there were a couple times where I'm just looking around and it's like Isaiah Hardenstein was actually demanding the ball in the post against Melo a couple times on switches, and we just wouldn't feed him the ball. And, like, I know Isaiah Hardenstein's not, like, a post-up scorer, but, like, when you're guarded by Melo and Melo's not known for defense, you have a size advantage, he's probably going to foul, uh, he's got good inside position, and he's actually working for the ball, throw him the ball. And I think we need to look for that going forward. If teams are going to switch everything, like, it's mind-boggling to see everybody still go with this more skilled league rhetoric, and then when you see a, a big guy like that is, is is just, you know, mismatch after mismatch is being blown down the court. It's like you're not even questioning that shit. It just mind boggles me what kind of lens you guys are watching these games from. Because I like Isaiah, and I know that's not his game, but he's asking for the ball. At some point, you got to, as a guard, you got to throw the ball to the big fellow working in there for a post position. Uh, You know, and I thought that the Lakers didn't didn't go to Dwight much in that second half. You know, he played 26 minutes, and he was plus one. You know, he was the only starter besides Russell Westbrook who was plus two that was in the plus category. But you know, I do think that it did help because of the switching personnel uh, to some extent. You know what I'm saying? And the Lakers were able to switch, and as I said, we weren't taking advantage of that mismatch, and Reggie Jackson was lollygagging on the ball, and the Lakers got out in transition and hit two threes, one by Melo in the right corner, another one by Taylor Orton Tucker, who really started feeling himself towards the end of that third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, making some tough shots. He even hit one turnaround over his right shoulder from the left corner, I think, with one leg fading away, and we know THT, he likes that one-legged fadeaway, and you know, the Lakers outscored us 31-15 to in the third quarter. And I thought we were going to lose because of how many chances we, we were giving them. It really reminded me of the last time we played them, where we just gave them chances to get back in the game. And, you know, Reg, as I said, Reggie Jackson was turning the ball over. The turnover at the end of the quarter was particularly bad because we had just cut the game down to two. And then we turned the ball over. And just like that, THD got a dunk and made it a six-point game. Bron and Russ made some shots in the third, but nothing crazy. Again, we're keeping him at bay. Fourth quarter, though, right? I'm thinking down by six. You know, we still have a good shot at this. Just got to execute. Hope the Lakers mess up. And Reggie continued to turn it over in the fourth quarter. It was really bad. And Ty Lu persisted with him the entire second half damn near. Like, he got a lot of minutes tonight, especially in the second half. <laughs> He says he played 33 minutes, but, man, he played a lot in that second half. Felt like he played the whole thing. I know he went out for a little bit after Austin Reeves had that little sequence where he almost ripped him, but Reggie, for the most part, played a lot. Robert Covington didn't play in the third quarter at all. I personally thought that was a mistake. But fourth quarter, despite the fact that Reggie's ISO package – I'm sorry, Reggie was just playing sus. LeBron's ISO package was disgusting. You know, another game goes by, and I still – I'm going to keep saying that this I have not been scared of LeBron ever when the Clippers have played them him. You know, we played a Cleveland team in his early years where we were never expected to win. I attended all I attended the home game that we played against them in 07 and 08 and 09 and 09. We almost beat them, even though we were a 19 win team. Zach Randolph airballed a three at the top of the key. I was at the game. And, you know, he never, like, you know, he we beat us when he was expected to. He never, like, put the fear of God in me because I didn't have expectations to win. And then when we went when he went to Miami, I remember the first time, uh, I remember that famous Chauncey Billups uh, guarding him and he wasn't taking him off the dribble. And that was still when he hadn't proven himself in terms of winning a championship yet where he was getting criticized heavy for every late-game failure that the Miami Heat had at that time. And one of those was against us when Chauncey Billups switched on to him and he wouldn't take him off the dribble. And then you know it's Cleveland days we actually held up pretty well against him and since he's come to the Lakers the one game i'd say he really put the he really had me going like damn what are we going to do cuz he's playing so well was that game in march of 2020 before the pandemic other than that though man like he really just doesn't scare me i don't know if it's lack his lack of consistent jump shooting and tough shot making but it's like you know He gets good shots for the team, but they're all shots that we live with for the most part. He doesn't really just completely take over games against us at all. And his he just was looking to create that contact and just charge into guys tonight. And a lot of our guys stood up to the task and stood up to the challenge and took that hit in the chest and stayed up vertical or whatnot. And he was losing the ball a lot. You know, a lot. Like, just trying to bump into guys. Like, no counters on the drive. You know, I know LeBron has some counters where he'll stop on a dime, pump fake, up and under, or whatever. But, like... On the drive hard drive, right or left, it's like if he does if he, it's either a spin to try to knock you down or just just lower that shoulder, you know what I'm saying like. And it's predictable. It's it's just not that hard to guard. If you build that wall, obviously, it's hard to guard one-on-one. But you got to bring that secondary defender with him. And, you know, he's still going to make plays, but they don't have too many great shooters. And tonight he had six turnovers and only three assists. And that's very rare for LeBron James to have twice as many turnovers as he has assists. But that was the case tonight. And his ISO package is just so butt ugly, guys. And I don't mean that to grill. I'm just telling the truth. Like, it just looked disgusting. Just trying to initiate contact And just trying to knock people over like a running back. But Mello was hitting shots. THT was hitting shots. The Brewmaster, though, got the Clippers back into the game for me alongside Terrence Mann in that fourth quarter. You know, the Brewmaster made a three, I believe, in that fourth. He got to the rim. Terrence Mann hit a pull-up three that cut the game from five to two. That deficit from 5-2, to two, that was huge within the last five minutes. Just pull up. That's a rarity, guys. Laker fans, that's a rarity. Terrence, man, just pulling up, shooting threes like that. He's been doing that more this season, but I didn't expect it to go in. And then he scored a couple possessions later going to the basket. I thought Terrence was our player of the game just on both ends of the floor tonight. He guarded LeBron for the majority of the game. He fought through every screen. He's just a battler, man. And he works without the ball as well. And then when Russ took it to the rim, made it 100-95. This is the Lakers winning, by the way. You know, I still never lost the faith. You know, Terrence, with a couple buckets, made it to 100-99. To and then we had the go-ahead bucket after, you know, LeBron and Russ each went to the basket, missed, didn't get a call. And then Marcus Morris Sr., man, he's hit big shots in every Clipper-Laker game this season. Did it again. He's just clutch. You saw it in his days with Boston. He had a couple of game winners. And another really tough shot. He had Russell Westbrook switched on to him and he just hit a really tough shot to give us the lead and then that was when i believe russ missed the little pull up that was the f- this is when the game just got wacky when the ball went out of bounds on lebron's rebound And it was such a long review. I did not real. I just didn't think that this would be such a long review. I thought it was clearly off of LeBron. I I thought his right foot. They gave us an angle where the right foot hit the out of bounds line. I thought that was clearly out of bounds, and it took too long. You know, we got the ball, but then I witnessed the worst, most stupid sequence I've ever seen from a player in an NBA game in my entire life, and that's not an exaggeration. So Reggie Jackson runs from half court. In the backcourt all the way underneath our own basket to waste time but what he fails to realize is a lot of times at any level of basketball when you have to intentionally foul but you have time to waste they wait till you cross half court and Reggie Jackson was completely losing sight of the time He would have gotten an eight-second violation if the officials didn't call a little weak hand-check call on THT, a hand-check in which wasn't really impeding progress. Reggie got by him, and they bailed us out with that call. They reviewed the play that was challenged by the Lakers. They ruled it not a foul. So we have a whole two-minute review to realize that if we get the ball, we have two seconds to get it across half-court. This motherfucker, who I love. I'm the one who started the Reggie Chance in Game 7 of the first round. I will prove it to you. I love this guy. But he tried to dribble up the court when we already knew what I just said. And we got an 8-second violation. Did he think he was playing in college where there was a 10-second violation? That shit, I almost wanted us to lose just so he felt like shit after the game. Because it's not personal. That's ridiculous. You're doing your job poorly. You were doing your job poorly. It doesn't matter if you're a cashier and you give somebody the wrong amount of change, or if you're an ice cream scooper and you spill that shit on the floor. He did not know the clock. The shot it was a I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And I don't want to sound too mad because we won the game, but we won the game because the Lakers are equally as shit, if not worse. Although we're we're not shit, but they're they're stupid. You know what I'm saying? They're stupid. So the Lakers get the ball, right? And this came a little bit of controversy. I had arguments with my friends tonight. The 2012 playoffs, the Memphis Grizzlies played the Clippers. And in game one, we came back from a 27-point deficit. The Grizzlies had the ball with a timeout remaining, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong, but even if they didn't, they were down 99-98. Rudy Gay held the whole held the ball the whole clock and shot and time expired as we as he missed. I figured they were I was shocked watching that game in live time because I thought I had always been taught when you're down by one, you go as quick, you know, pretty quick or leave time on the clock so you can foul and then get another chance. So you can get a three if they make both free throws. Or if they miss, you get another chance to make it. another tire take the lead. That was basketball 101 to me. You get two shots. But the Lakers were holding on to the last shot, which I'm guessing was Frank Vogel's strategy. But I thought when LeBron, he had the whole left side cleared out. I thought he was going to go quick and try to get the double team. Or just try to go. I know he's not going to pull up a contested jumper because, again, that's not his game. I've been saying it. That's part of why he either goes trying try to get downhill at the end of a game and drive and kick or get to the basket all the way. But sometimes he's trying to duck the foul line. And tonight, I don't think it was much different. He waited a long time. I thought he had more time. We sent the double. And remember what I said. It's the same thing I say about Kevin Durant uh, and Steph Curry, various guys, when they're beyond the three-point line and you send that double, it's much easier to rotate because the pass has to come from a further place, which gives us more time to rotate. And a lot of times, we can choose when, since we're all communicating be- underneath the arc, we can choose who we want to designate who get, who they swing the ball to. You know what I'm saying? You leave a guy open on rotation or you, ro- or you rotate to him and leave a guy open on purpose. In this case, it was Taylor Horton Tucker. And LeBron made a decent pass, but Carmelo Anthony, being the hero ball player that he is, He took a shot with five seconds left on the game clock contested when Tht had a split second where he was wide open for the extra pass and he did not pass it. So if you want to blame LeBron for not going too quick, you can do that. If you want to blame Carmelo Anthony for being a bot, you can do that. To me, they're both at fault. Melo more so because LeBron still made a decent play and Melo just took a terrible shot. I just really thought like if they should have gone quicker though. So I think that's also on Vogel. You know, I don't I'm still I'm I'm never going to be the believer that you wait till the last shot when you're losing because if you miss that's game. But then some you know my friends were saying you don't ever think if you miss. Okay, fine. Just lose then because you know LeBron's not like I know he's made a lot of game winners. I can literally name every single playoff game winner he has made, but he's just not Pierce, Kobe, McGrady. Like, these guys that have dribble pull-ups contested for the win all the time. Like, that's just not his game. That's just not his game. When he's got extended time, he doesn't like shooting that shot. He'll hit a contested jumper for the win, though, with two seconds left catch-and-shoot, like 9 against Orlando or 2015 against Chicago, you know, or, or against uh, Indiana in 2018. You know what I'm saying? I know LeBron. Like, that's what he does. When he's got more time, it's either all the way to the rim, or pull up in your face before he goes in. And he didn't go to that tonight. Maybe because he was having an off night. But regardless, the Clippers salvage the victory. Thank goodness. 105-102 to go to 3-0 against the Lakers. We outscored them 33-24 in the fourth quarter. We're 31-31, back to 500, baby. Lakers dropped to 27-32 as the gap increases. Even though we have four more wins than the Lakers, we have... Only one less loss. So they have played three less games than us. So let's see how it goes for the Lakers. Obviously, Anthony Davis not playing was huge tonight. Let's read the stat lines. Nicholas Batum, he had a nice block on Dwight, but he had zero points tonight. 0 of 4 from the field and 0 of 4 from 3. Marcus Morris finished with 10 points, 5 of 10 from the field and 0 of 3 from 3. That was a lot of those. I'm pretty sure a couple of those were in the third quarter. Zubats, as I said before, six and seven didn't have a great game. Reggie Jackson finished with seventeen points, four rebounds, and six assists, and five turnovers. But I just didn't like the way he played tonight. We should have lost against better teams. We'd never win that game playing uh, him playing the way he did in the second half. Five of twelve for him. Terrence, though, our best player tonight. He was our uh, leading scorer, nineteen points on nine of seventeen from the field and one of two from three to go along with ten rebounds, four assists, and three steals. And no turnovers. Just an absolute masterclass by Terrence. And then Robert Covington was the highest player in the plus-minus category. He continues to be phenomenal for the Clippers in his role. Plus 19 for Rocco. 10 points and 7 boards to go along with. 2 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks, and 0 turnovers in 20 minutes of play. 4 of 7 from the field, 2 of 3 from deep, and plus 19. Isaiah, he played more than Zou tonight, 10 minutes more. 11 points, 6 rebounds. I'm sorry, 7 rebounds and 6 assists. He actually had tied for the most assists on our team and 2 blocks. So Isaiah overall played pretty decently, played pretty well. He was 3 of 8 from the foul line, though. That was whack. You know, that was looking like Wilt Chamberlain out there. Make 2 more free throws, dude. At least. So Isaiah, 4 of 8. And then Amir Coffey and Luke Kennard, you know, our be- every single bench player, we played a nine-man rotation tonight, every single bench player was in double figures tonight, which is definitely why we won the game. Robert Covington, 10, Isaiah, 11, Luke Kennard, 18, to go along with six rebounds, six of nine from the field, and five of eight from deep. That guy is just one of the best shooters that the Clippers have ever had. He may be the best pure shooter we have ever had. I mean, I know a lot of older Clipper fans will say Eric Pajkowski, Um don't mention baby Dick. Don't. He's not on Canard's level. Not off the bounce. And the range It's just a different level. Amir Coffey though, 14 points, five and nine from the field, and one of three from deep. A lot of those in the fourth quarter. We turned the ball over 15 times, but ultimately we came out with a victory for the Lakers. Austin Reeves, six points on two of four from the field and o of two from three. Lakers as a team shot eight of 31 from deep. Weak Westbrook. 0 of 3 from 3. I just don't know why he takes him. He shot 2 in the first quarter. I just don't know why he takes him. 18 points, but a, w- a very quiet night for Russ in the assist and rebound category. 3 rebounds, 1 assist. 9 of 21 from the field. I actually don't think he played badly. Um, I thought this was decent, a decent performance from him, and he, his defense was not as bad as usual. There weren't many moments where I figured we scored because Russ was playing poor defense. Dwight Howard was awesome when he played. He had 7 offensive rebounds. 14 points, 16 boards, and 3 blocks. Only played 26 minutes, though. I think that was because Vogel wanted to go switch switch, switch heavy, and in honesty, worked. Trevor Ariza, two points, one of five from the field, 0 of three from three. He's just washed, and I said that before the season even started. LeBron, man, when he's shooting poorly, you know he's really not having a good game. He was terrible, in my opinion, tonight. Both ends of the floor, just a passenger, and then he missed shots, turned the ball over six times, 21 points, 11 rebounds, six of 18 from the field, and two of eight from three. He actually shot well from the line, though, seven of eight. And then Mello, seven of 14 with 18 points off the bench, so shot 50%, and four of nine from three. Should have been four of eight instead of that stupid three he took. And then... THT 16 points on six of nine shooting and two of two from three. So again, that just even shows more that that was a terrible decision by Carmelo when THT was actually 100% from deep and you didn't pass on the ball. So you deserve to lose making decisions that like that. I want to briefly say something about plumber Jim Harden on the, on the t- Sixers tonight. He passed his debut with flying colors. He was fantastic. I watched the game and Embiid were playing great on the pick and roll together. And Embiid made a comment after the game, he's never been that open. And they beat a good Timberwolves team where Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Patrick Beverly were all playing. And they all scored in double figures with Ant scoring 15, Cat 25, and D'Lo with 21. But they shot 9 of 39 from 3, whereas the Sixers shot 19 of 39 from 3. Joel Embiid, 3 of 5 from deep. Tyrese Maxey, 2 of 3 from deep. James Harden, though, an amazing debut. 5 of 7 from 3. 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 12 assists. And only 2 turnovers. So it was an amazing debut for Harden. Um, Although, you know, we'll see how they do. That's just one game. Can they build a winning streak? Can they close this season out with a top 3, top 4 seed? Because they are a championship contender if this all if this all plays out well, which it looks like it could, I mean, I don't really have any doubts about Harden and Embiid working well together. It's a good combination. It's a big guard combination. But I just have doubts about them making it to the finals and out of the second round just because, you know, the East is good this year. And and again, Plummer, Glenn, Embiid, you've heard my comments. You can go to my mid midseason preview, which you guys should check out. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Big win for the Clippers. Now we're going to go to the live subscribers. Wait, no, so patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on. If you want to drop a dollar a dime, drop a donation for your boy uh, so we can do some more things with this shit. Thanks, guys, and have a good night.